It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Feckin' Check-In, Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. Show. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Feckin' Check-In. I am Trainer, and with me as always is my co-host Toomey. How are you doing this evening Toomey? I'm very good. I'm really looking forward to doing another special. How are you? I'm also very good. Just finished work for the evening. Uh, ready to go into a whole night of podcasting, various different things. Uh, and this is number one on the agenda. It's the Mothership. It's the Feckin' Check-In. It's episode 29 and it's episode three in a series of specials that we're doing for an undetermined period of time. And this one is a Christmas special. It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. And this is indeed a Christmas special. So there you are, listener. <laughs> There you are, listener, in this... uh, You weren't expecting that, were you? (laughs) We do specials on elections, weddings and Christmas, uh, allegedly, apparently. Yes. Can I just have a quick uh, apology to to one listener? The listener. Yes. Um, Well, not an apology, actually. Maybe just to get it out there that that the listener contacted me to complain about my choice of song last week. Uh, Miley Cyrus, Midnight Sky. Oh, yes. Which listener was this? Well, the the listener, oh the listener, <laughs> the listener. So yes, I uh, I was yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to get that out there. That I the first ever complaint that I got about a song choice. But I did think about it, and I thought I'm not cool anymore in terms of music, and I don't really give a shit. Right. Okay. So you had a complaint from the listener, the ubiquitous listener who listens uh, about your song choice. That's very interesting. Um, well, you know, like uh, <laughs> at least it's feedback. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to get some interactions with the listener. The listener sometimes can be quite quiet, and I know that the listener listens, but sometimes we don't see, or the listener doesn't like to show him or herself. His or herself. Or themselves. Themselves, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, okay, listener, if you do want to contact us, though, you can at feckin check in on Facebook, at feckin check in on Twitter, and feckin check in at hotmail.com. No, feckin check in at gmail.com. Jesus. Um, if you'd like to share your opinions on our song choices, our topics, or give us suggestions maybe for future episodes or specials, who knows? Absolutely. I just wanted to get that out there because we're going to be maybe bringing up some cringy things in this, some some unguilty pleasures, as I call them, uh, with around uh, our Christmas uh, entertainment choices. That'll come up later. Uh, so I'm just getting it out there that there's no shame here. We can all just talk about Christmas in whatever way we want to. Right you are. Right you are. Right. Let's get going. Okay. So this is the feckin' check-in it's the show about funny observations entertainment culture and kernels of truth together that means feck and trainer with on this special episode to celebrate the joy of christmas will you lead us out on your funny observation about christmas i will indeed (laughs) so this is Usually uh, something you would hear in the office. I'm going to call this Christmas Tourette's, okay? Um, (laughs) So people get Christmas Tourette's. It starts around November, maybe (laughs) mid-November. I know what you mean already. (laughs) uh, Mid-November, late November is a a terrible time for Christmas Tourette's. I have my earphones in. I don't know why. Hold on, I'm just going to take them out. Oh, no, I do need them in. Sorry. I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of... Uh, recording uh, my cold intro for the other podcast. The Never mind. podcasting. Go on. Yeah, sorry, my head's melted here. Uh, <laughs> I've a lot on the agenda this evening. Um, 
so we uh, we hit, we see cases of Christmas Tourette's cropping up. The curve increases around uh, late November for Christmas Tourette's. Uh, it dies down usually in uh, the St. Stephen's Day and onwards. Um, and it is people saying, are you all set for the Christmas? Oh, yes. It's that phrase we're all going to be hearing in the next week. It will increase in intensity, won't it, over the coming weeks? Oh, it absolutely will. Cases are going to increase. Uh, there's, <laughs> no, there's no lockdown on Christmas Tourette's, unfortunately. So uh, we're all going to get infected by it. And you'll find yourself saying it to people as well. Uh, maybe not as much this year because you won't be sharing as many lifts or stairwells or small corners of the office uh, or standing outside waiting for the bus after work uh, with other people as you normally would be. But it's going to creep in. It'll creep into social media, maybe WhatsApp, uh, maybe it'll creep in on Twitter who knows but it's going to be there because Christmas Tourette season is upon us <laughs> it's it's too easy a crutch to use socially isn't it when you're you meet that awkward person in work or out at the shops you bump into someone you're not that close to and yeah you just reach down into the toolkit and there it is that's it exactly and I, I often don't really know how to answer it because I do Christmas shopping quite late and I get it done usually in a day or two days, like so. All set for Christmas, or all set for the Christmas. Uh, the definite article there um, is uh, a, a question that I kind of just go, yeah, uh, no, I haven't done anything yet. Uh, I'll probably do it all on the twenty third of December or whenever we get paid, and that's normally my answer. But it's usually quite abrupt, I think. Uh, but people are maybe looking for a bit more than that from that uh, Christmas Tourette's uh, staple. I think so. And there's a staple answer to this as well. And it's, oh, no, I'm not. Oh, God, I haven't done it. Oh, I'm way behind. And then Susan did it. Susan did it last week. She was in. She's got it all done for her whole family. <laughs> or she does that at the start of November. Or she buys stuff in the sales the previous yeah. year for the yeah. following year. That tale always comes up. Yeah, she had it done. You're not going to believe this. She had it done on St. Stephen's Day last year. <laughs> oh, that's what she's like. Or the Black Friday crap now is is a thing as well. Black Friday week, Black Friday month, uh, people buying presents for the following year for, on Black Friday and all the, all of that. Yeah, early Black Fi- Friday is now an accepted part of, of life. Um, and another Christmas Tourette's one that is similar to the one you brought up there is uh, it's not long to go till Christmas now. It'll fly in. <laughs> It'll fly in, yeah. Uh, or like the, the week's countdown, the day's countdown, the shopping day's countdown as well. I used to work in an office where uh, somebody wrote up on the board the number of shopping days until Christmas and um, the whiteboard <laughs> and reduced it each day until Christmas was upon us. <laughs> I think he was doing it to annoy one of the women on the team who allegedly hated Christmas, inverted commas. Uh, that didn't stop her from buying a Christmas present for every single person on the pod uh, on the final day. So yeah, this is something I nearly got stung with actually. Um, although we're going to talk about presents later, but it's kind of a, probably a funny observation as well. I was working in an office there a few years ago. Um, same company I work for now, but it was a different office I was in. And I was on a team predominantly uh, of middle-aged women and anytime there was an event or like my birthday or it was like a moving in like I was moving to a new apartment they buy they'd buy me a present and I was always kind of taken aback at least the first few times by this planning and generosity and <laughs> pooling of money and, and buying stuff but they were hmm. really on the ball and um there was this other guy who used to work with me Connor and uh he um let me know like so it was the day before the last day before we broke up for Christmas. And he said, oh, by the way, like the, the likes of, I won't name all the people on the team, but they'll probably have a present for you tomorrow. And I was like, what? And he's like, oh yeah, they buy presents for everybody on the team. So this is my first Christmas there. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. So I went around like a maniac that night after work and bought like boxes of chocolates and 
biscuits and all this type of crap i made sure i have had everyone an individual present and luckily i did because i came in uh, the next day and i was inundated with gifts from every single member of the team about six or seven of us on the team uh, and every single one of them had bought me something so it was lucky that i got the heads up there um I know Connor used to listen to our, our old podcasts. Maybe he still does. Maybe he's listening now. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that Chris Kingle, Kindle or whatever the hell it is, uh, really, it causes a bit of cognitive dissonance because they're the people you're not really that close to, yet you're forced to buy them gifts. So there's a bit of resentment in the air when you're buying them. <laughs> yeah. Well, this wasn't even a Chris Kindle, which we did do as well. But this was just you know a localized team thing so it was just my team they all bought presents for each other um and, and like luckily i i got a heads up because i would have come in empty-handed and red-faced you you had another funny observation there about christmas uh i don't think pe- i did people did I? saying people saying happy christmas to each other oh yeah happy christmas it becomes uh, like uh, the end of each conversation is is tailed off with and happy Christmas. <laughs> and then because if you don't say it, then you're the worst human being in the world. After it, it's again, it's like those other phrases. The intensity will slightly increase. That's I don't it. think it's we're in mid November here. It's not there yet. But once you get into December, you are contractually obligated to say happy Christmas to everybody. You are, and as you said, if you don't, you're kind of a sociopath and you're making some kind of stance <laughs> against Chris. And then putting in emails as well, putting Happy Christmas in emails. Uh, what's your stance on that? Yeah, again, it's that it's the, the fakeness of it, isn't it? It's, uh, I hope you have a good Christmas. And you're writing it, the first couple of times you mean it, but then you've wrote, wrote it in the 25th email. And it's just like a, another platitude, like all the best or regards. Yeah. And it loses all meaning. You might as well change your signature for like December to like Happy Christmas. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, another one I noticed as well, I've worked on a lot of projects over the years and uh, that involves um, people who, who you know, uh, come come in from different countries. They work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then they fly home on a Friday every week. But then there was always the day uh, before the Christmas break where the contractors are flying home for the last time. Uh, but then they, some of them are flying home on different days. So they're going around the office wishing everybody a happy Christmas and a happy new year as well. This could be like the the 17th of December or the 19th of December. And people are going around with happy Christmas, happy new year, if I don't see you again <laughs> until next year. And you're just kind of there going, <laughs> just like, let me out of this hell. <laughs> and then... The expectation on you then for your final day is to go around to everybody and say happy Christmas. It's so cringy. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's yeah, And it's just that thing you have to get out of the way. Um, yeah, the hell out of weird. the way. The hell out of the way. And speaking of getting the hell out of the way, that's the funny observations, the hell out of the way. Let's take a little break and come back and talk about entertainment around Christmas. Alright, so we're back on the feckin' check-in and this is E for Entertainment and we're going to talk about Christmas films and Christmas music. So, anything in particular you want to discuss there, Toomey? I know why I brought up Miley Cyrus now at the start. Uh-huh. Uh, because it was... I, I'm looking for a different phrase apart from guilty pleasure because as discussed before on the feckin' check-in, I'm not guilty about it and you're not guilty about uh, some of the songs that you choose that you're not supposed to like. Um, so mm. I'd, I'd, I want a better, better phrase for acknowledging that it's a bit of a silly choice or a bit camp almost and a bit, it's uncool maybe. Right. 
but this choice, of course, <laughs> is my favorite Christmas song, definitely from the last few years. It's Mariah Carey's version of Oh Holy Night. Now, Oh Holy Night has been my uh, favorite Christmas carol for a long time. Uh, it's like when it was played in the church on uh, Christmas Eve or even on Christmas Day, uh, I would be getting into it. There was always a kind of a sinister underbelly to it. Fall on your knees or hear the angels' voices. And I never knew quite what it meant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, yeah. I, but I just really liked the song. It was so dramatic and it, it built up to the chorus and it was just it was something you could really like sing along to. And Mariah Carey's version, she has a gospel choir with her. Uh, it's completely over the top, um, Christmassy, um, but really she hits those high notes. Like it's such a heart, like a strong song with the, the chorus and the crescendo. And then when you add in Mariah Carey going to those high notes that nobody else in the world can reach, well, Mar- Mariah per- Carey in her peak, um, then I think it's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful Christmas. I caught myself being too earnest there. <laughs> I'm not. Calm <laughs> down. Catch yourself in too earnest. I know it's silly, but I like it, okay? Yeah, so excellent stuff there from Roya Carey. That's actually also my favourite uh, Christmas carol, anyway, hey. of all time, uh, rather than Christmas song, but definitely my favourite Christmas carol. On the subject of Christmas carols, any any other favourites of yours? Uh, I do quite like Good King Wenceslas, because I learned to play that on the recorder when I was younger. Is that a hymn? I think it's a hymn or a carol. I think it counts. What else? Christmas carols. Uh, never a big fan of that one. Little Drummer Boy. No. Um, Jesus. My mind's gone blank, but I do quite like a lot of them. Uh, Silent Night, you know, is, is grand. Um, I, I remember when we were in school, um, one of our teachers, uh, Mr. McNeil, taught us songs um, that I've never, ever heard before in any other place in my life, to the point where I even Googled 
the lyrics of one of them and it doesn't bring up anything on the internet. <laughs> so <laughs> this song goes, I am Mary, I'm a mother, an ordinary woman like any other. And I was asked to bear a special baby <laughs> who would be the son of God and this world's savior. And then it goes on. I am Joseph. I'm a father. And I can't remember the rest of the lyrics, but... I have all of those and I've Googled them many times and it doesn't bring up any results, which leads me, leads me to the conclusion that Mr. McNeil wrote that song. <laughs> My God, an exclusive here on the feckin' check-in. It's the only explanation for it because there would have to be a reference to it somewhere else if it was a, it was a hymn or a, a carol, but I can't find any <laughs> reference to it online. So he has to have written it he and he was a musician it. himself. He was a talented musician. He's the type of man who would pick up, or not pick up, but sit down at a piano and he would be able to play Almost anything you suggest to him. Well, that's yes. the impression I got as a child. Uh, but that is a, that is an exclusive. That is that is shocking that he, <laughs> Mr. McNeil wrote that song. Yeah, I don't know if it's more shocking that I remember that word for word from 1997. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's stuck with me uh, 23 years later, and I don't remember the, uh, the rest of the lyrics. But I am convinced that he wrote that song, and there were others as well. There was there more were, than that. <laughs> there were others. We might come back uh, to that. <laughs> I can't remember them off the top of my head, but that's always stuck with me, that one. Uh, I know we we talked about Fairy Tale New York on another episode. No no need to go into that again. But my favourite, possibly other than Fairy Tale New York, is the Slade song, um, Merry Xmas, Everybody. And it relates back to a time where I got a Mars selection box from a friend of the family. And in each selection box, there was a tape of Christmas songs. And I had that one, uh, Merry Xmas or Merry Christmas, everybody! And I just remember playing it as a as a child and just loving it. Um, mm. And I, that's just it's one of my favorites. Let's give it a go there. That was Slade. Merry Xmas, everybody. Uh, that's yeah, probably one of my top ones. I also love Wizard. I wish it could be Christmas every day. That's a pretty good song as well. Uh, but it leads me to the question um, that's oft debated around this time of year or even much earlier than this. When is it too early to start playing Christmas music? And 
there's obviously not an actual answer to that but um, <laughs> I, I, I'd say I'm happy enough with mid-November it doesn't really bother me that much uh, from that point onwards you're starting to see Christmas lights uh, the Christmas Tourette's is in peak season you know why not just start lashing out the Christmas carols around then I'm a December person for, for all Christmas stuff really December for me is a psychologically a different month than November and re- in reality it's a different month than, <laughs> than November uh, the reason is because my birthday uh, is in the first week of November of December and I won't reveal to the listener the exact date because you never know what the listener is likely to do with that information um, but uh, yeah so we in, in my house growing up we used to wait till the that date <laughs> early in December and put up all the Christmas trees and tree and all the all the shite uh on my birthday uh, so good. that's when all the music would start for me and uh, the cheer and that's when I'd I would accept and I would give other people around me permission in my heart <laughs> that it was Christmas then I would so, I'd allow them to, to wish me happy Christmas so, so rather arrogantly not until your birthday is out of the way is it Christmas yes well I was Very brought good. up that way I was brought up that <laughs> that's fair enough uh, as we speak it's not my birthday but as this is released it is so uh on Monday, oh, Monday. On Monday, which is today, if you're listening, I am 35 years old. Uh, so there you are. There's another nugget. I don't mind my birthday being revealed. It's it's everywhere. Well, it's not your birthday as we record this, but as they listen to it, it would be remiss of me not to wish you a happy birthday. So oh. therefore, <laughs> happy birthday. Thank you. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> For the listener who listens to this on Christmas Day, maybe. Or, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, there you are. I'm now 35 to 49. Uh, different social classification demographic there. So my opinions are just as valid as a 49-year-old from Monday. But today, they're as valid as an 18-year-old. So bang in the middle of the 30s there. 35, halfway to 70. Jesus. <laughs> but we've had a good innings at this stage. To be 35, yeah. to be honest. I, I feel like good- I've been, been around for ages. I've had a great innings as an 18 to 34 year old, I, I must say. Um, it's only the second social demographic I've lived in in my entire life, but uh, the other one being under 18. But uh, uh, 18 to 34 was a pretty good run. Uh, looking forward to 35 to 49 to see what that brings. Yes. Yes, this must be a very fresh new period for you. Um, so, is that enough on entertainment? Yeah, I was going to talk about films as well. Uh, if you oh want. shit! I didn't have anything in particular in mind. Yeah, let's um, go through films. I forgot. I thought one, we'd... One, go on. one film that I used to love when I was younger, and I don't think it's dated very well. Actually, is the film called uh, Santa Claus the Movie? Have you ever seen this one? Santa Claus with Will Ferrell. No, Santa Claus the Movie. It's called. It was out in 1985, um, mm. and stars Dudley Moore <laughs> in it. <laughs> Dudley Moore as an, as an elf. That's a funny name. And John Lithgow as well. So you know, you know John Lithgow. I know his face, probably. He's one of he those in, guys. He was in Third Rock from the Sun. He's the balding oh, guy. Oh, yes, I know him yeah. now, yes. And he plays a villain in lots of films. So he is a villainous uh, head of a toy company. And um, he, like, uh, basically is, is just a, an evil kind of toy manufacturer and is a, a cynically interested in Christmas. At one point in the film, he suggests... Uh, this I, For some reason, I thought this was absolutely hilarious when I was younger. Um, but he suggests creating Christmas 2 on the 25th of May. Uh, to capitalize on on Christmas even further and then there's like a subplot between a a boy and a girl and like you know do they fancy each other and your man is homeless and uh, you get to see the North Pole and all this shit and it's a really good film but I found when I watched it as an adult it hadn't quite dated as well as some of the other Christmas films which I enjoyed Um, there you are 
Well, I'm going to check that one out. Uh, I haven't actually seen that. And I like the storyline. And I do like the idea of a Christmas in May. I think people can get on board with that. I think this guy <laughs> could be actually a bit of a genius. And I, I, I like the, the romantic angles and the homeless angles thrown in there as well. Yeah, lots of stuff going on in that one. Uh, another one I wanted to mention is you, you were talking about Oh Holy Night. And I think that's been my favorite song since it was in, I think, Home Alone, but possibly Home Alone too. But there's a, a point where... Uh, Macaulay Culkin's character walks by a big church or a cathedral and there's a choir singing Oh Holy Night and as I say that now the hair is starting to stand up on my arms and neck <laughs> wow. I'm actually not joking That's, it's a powerful powerful moment in the film I can't remember which one it's one of the two of them obviously um, but yeah Oh Holy Night being sung by a choir um, and it's always been I think my favourite Christmas song since then uh, but those are obviously excellent Christmas films as well yeah, the, the soundtracks of Christmas films is, is a really important bit. Um, another Christmas film that always is kind of a classic is probably Miracle on 34th Street. That's a yeah. kind of a cute kind of, but also deep uh, type of movie. And I think we've discussed this before uh, yeah. on another episode. We have the closing scene where they're... Santa, Santa Claus is testifying in court because they're de- trying to determine if Santa is real or fake and he holds up a one cent coin from the American currency and he says the whole foundation on this country is based, based on this phrase in God we trust yeah um, yeah it's very powerful as well it is a good one and then another movie I always associate with Christmas even though it's not a Christmas movie is Groundhog Day it's one of my favourite movies of all time I love Bill Murray um, I met Bill Murray once in a toilet. I deliberately went into the toilet and knew he was going to be doing a piss and I went in beside him and did a piss beside him. And when I say met, I didn't exchange any conversation with him, but okay. I stood beside him in the toilet. And then when then when he came outside, he sat down on the couch with a friend of his, a female friend, and me and Liz stared at him for about five minutes. <laughs> As uh, you this, do, in fairness. This was in New York uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, when we were allowed to travel, <laughs> wow! Gee, I don't know if you've ever told me that. Maybe Did you I have. have. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, it's, that's kind of like your um, interaction with Messiah J in a toilet all those years ago as well. Yeah, I'm a great man for it. Although with Messiah J, I did tell him it was a great gig he did, but I did. I didn't have anything to say to Bill Murray. Yeah, I. I do you know what? I find I get quite easily starstruck around the most moderate of celebrity. Um, like anything of value, I have to say or think completely deserts me, and I don't know how to interact. Um, I find. Yeah, I'd be the same. I'd be I'd be quite shy with with new people that I don't have a purpose to talk to. I'm not good at like just saying or whatever <laughs> people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you get all tongue tied and and odd. Um okay, anything else on Christmas films? I uh, I'm going to mention uh Die Hard, which oh, is it a Christmas film? Uh, um it's a fucking great christmas film um i think um and uh, i must watch it again soon actually because i haven't watched it in a long time i'm gonna watch that too yeah and i've heard that debate and controversy about that and yeah it's not something i wish to discuss really now uh no neither do i but but i will watch that that's a good one to to shout out about actually quickly back to groundhog day i only watched that again recently it was on television and it's one of my favorite films of all time as well is it never knew that yeah it just always delivers no matter how many times you've seen it you can watch um, it as many times as you want exactly and you want the story to unfold in the exact same way which it does (laughs) obviously because it's a film um there's a weird uh, comfort to watching it again there is yeah and i think it's because you know how it's resolved as well but it's always a, a a battle for him to get there and all of the little subplots and side stories and people he meets along the way are 
it's just really rewarding to watch, I think. Yeah, it's a great, 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 uh, I'd say a Saturday afternoon type of Christmas movie. Just throw it on there. No expectations, just watch Groundhog Day. Yes, exactly. Ned? Ned Connors? Ned Ryerson? Ned Ryerson, sorry. The favourite film? What? What? Uh, Wait, his name is Connors, is it? And then your man's name is Ned Ryerson. Phil Phil Connors? Connors. That's it, yeah. (laughs) I love when he punches in the face. (laughs) Ned! Yeah, it's a good one. Um, Okay, so yeah, that's probably enough for entertainment. Uh, So, um, will we move on? We will move on. Alright, so you're listening to the Feck and Check-In. We've done Feck, no, we've done F for funny observations, E for entertainment, and now we're on to C for culture. And one of the things I wanted to bring up for culture is the culture of work Christmas parties. Oh, a topic, and I, uh, a juicy topic. Yeah. <laughs> one we're all familiar with, although they don't exist really anymore with the COVID thing. Well, Think they of don't the past, do- maybe. Well, yeah, they obviously don't exist this year, but um, work Christmas parties are always um, an odd one. Have you attended many of these in your career? I have attended uh, more so toned down Christmas parties and also the Christmas parties that I spent a long time in university, as you know. So yeah. a lot of those years I would have went to dinners with the university people that turned into nights out, but it wasn't the whole formal office christmas party so i i would say probably have less experience than the average person average person (laughs) (laughs) but i know you're quite different you've been to quite a lot of uh christmas parties yeah i've been to well loads well i've worked for the same company for a a long time now and um i've been to all of those ones but uh, what we used to do years ago when i was out in the aforementioned office where i got gifts bestowed with many gifts um we used to go down for a Christmas dinner in the canteen and it was a kind of a bring your own booze event, unofficially, semi, semi-official that you could do that. So everybody did, like brought down beer or wine from like their desks. And uh, so it would be like 1 p.m. and you'd start drinking wine and then you get served a Christmas dinner by waiting staff. And by about 6 p.m. everyone was shit-faced. And then you would get a bus into town to go to the location of the actual Christmas party and you'd be absolutely unbelievably meldy and you'd be talking to like senior managers and doing impressions of them to their face (laughs) (laughs) just taking the piss out of people that you know are seven grades above you in pay and um all of those things but uh, i always thought christmas parties were uh, a time the ones i've attended anywhere where where people completely let loose Mm. and like all of the formality is gone and it's just people gone out, and there's that. It's that time of year as well where people are a bit more um, outgoing, or I don't know, friendly, or their their guard is let down. I think a lot in in these uh, situations, and uh, I, I actually usually, for the most part, have really enjoyed all of the ones I've been to, um, just for those reasons. It's like let the apes be the apes. <laughs> yeah. Let let them let loose. Let them shout. Let them like sleep with each other or whatever. There's always like a scandal, or or let them fight with each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been to a Christmas party before where there was absolute murder, uh, people screaming at each other across uh, a particular venue, um, and just uh, uh, people sleeping with each other as well. And <laughs> <laughs> but I I always find it just a ridiculously good night. Uh, but obviously end up obviously getting 
quite drunk. Um, it's funny how it's facilitated. Like the offices see this as such a, a big part of the calendar year that it's like they set up conditions for everyone to get absolutely hammered. Yeah. And then like sometimes I've been on a project as well. Like, so I think the, the most Christmas parties I ever went to in one year working for the same company was three. So I think my, my team had one, the project I was on had one, and then the overall company had one as well. So I went to like three different Christmas parties one year, which was ridiculous, silly season uh, nonsense, but uh, always a good time, I thought. Yeah, they are a great crack, those nights out, I I would imagine, um, as someone who's not that experienced in them. But the few I have gone to, they've been great crack. But I always would be slightly on edge as well. There's that, you start off, you're drinking maybe three or four pints. For the first four pints, you're like, oh, I'm not going to get too drunk. I'm going to take it easy. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> and then in a Christmas work party, then shots come out and then you're gone. <laughs> But if you can make it to late in the night without being gone, then you're usually okay. Yeah, actually, last year I was kind of quite conscious of that. So we had an early start in like a, a hotel type place where we had drink on arrival, then a big dinner with loads of drinks. And like everyone's ordering cocktails and all. It's, it was all like covered, you know, by the company up to a certain point anyway. And then afterwards, everyone was drinking and it was like midnight. And I was like, right, I'm going to get the hell out of here now because I'm getting shit faced um, and luckily there was a, an Iron Maiden tribute band playing in Fibber McGee's so I dr- dragged a couple of the lads in a taxi across town and went into Fibber's and finished my night there I think it was for the best though because I am um, yeah I was, I was getting to that point where I might have done or said things that I could have regretted so I think I've probably been a bit more careful myself in recent years when you're when you're a bit older there's maybe a bit more to lose like your job um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> your dignity your job <laughs> Yeah, or like messing up different relationships that you have with people and things like that. But it is a, it is great crack if you can kind of find the balance between like keeping control and don't be that guy, that guy who's the, the story the next day. Yeah, yeah, it's very easy to be that guy. I probably was that guy before, at least once, but um, not, not in recent times. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about as well with culture is uh, vouchers, right? Um, and generally... Uh, where do they have presents down? Uh, Christmas parties, vouchers. Oh yeah, so just culture of giving presents, right? Are vouchers an acceptable present? How would you feel if you received a voucher as a present? Uh, it's a bit of a sensitive one because I've just recently got married and people have been, some people, like, I don't, you, you don't want to sound like a prick um, when people are very generous and they give you like an all for one voucher. Okay, or, I'll sound like a prick. Somebody gave you a voucher <laughs> for a wedding present. <laughs> Yes. Ah, here. What, what? What? I mean, come on, cash. Hit me up with the cash. Yeah, like the 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 ones we got. Uh, we got a, a Arnott's one, uh, all for one. Uh, I think there was a Brown Thomas one in there, and more. Multiple people gave you vouchers for wedding gifts. Yeah, but that's these are the people who didn't attend the wedding. These are people who like post. Oh, all gifts. right. Oh, look here. No, that's, that's perfectly all right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I should have clarified that. Oh, look, listen, I take a voucher of anyone in that situation. But what I, what I yeah. was going to say about vouchers, though, is uh, especially one for all vouchers, right, in particular, because I've come across these a few times with various different things. In work, sometimes they give you them in recognition of something or you might win one for something. Um, and there was a period of time where I had like multiple one for all vouchers. And I, I actually find them really difficult to spend. And I'll give you a, a comparison <laughs> with uh, money one gambling as well. So I always used to find money one gambling was very difficult to spend because you don't feel like it's real money. Uh, it's It was kind of essentially free money 
And then you feel like you should spend it on something good because you have it now. You didn't used to have it. And there's kind of a pressure on you to know what you want from this either money one gambling or in this case from this one for all voucher and I find when I when I have a one for all voucher my mind goes completely blank and I can't think of anything I want whereas if I didn't have the voucher I would be thinking of lots of different things that I wanted um and I'd be thinking to myself if I had a one for all voucher now I'd spend that no problem I'm in possession of an Amazon voucher now for 75 pounds and like I, I probably will spend it in over Christmas or something but like I can't actually think of anything I want now because I have it. it it's, it's almost yeah. like it, it obscures your thought process. It's like, oh, you've got a voucher. <laughs> yeah. You have to spend the voucher. It t- takes away your freedom. It's like a, a worse form of money. It's like you can spend this money, but only in one place kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. And like Amazon, you can pretty much buy anything you want, but it doesn't, it doesn't help matters for me. I find it still like... It's, there's a lot of pressure. Like I think you said there, yeah, there's so much pressure on you. You're kind of like, don't fucking waste this, you idiot. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one. It's uh, I've never ne- like I've always been slightly stressed when I get a voucher because then yes. you have to spend it. It's it the decision of what I'm doing with the money has been taken away from me. And I, I already feel boxed in to the voucher. Exactly. Even if it's the best voucher in the world, there's always an element of oh shit, I have a voucher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A very small percent, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like the reason I have this Amazon voucher is because I did a focus group. I do focus groups sometimes and. I did one online recently because obviously the coronavirus and uh, the woman who organizes the focus groups, I had said, how will, how will we be paid? Like, because she said it was, it was 80 euro. And I said, how will we be paid? And she said, I think it's like a prepaid MasterCard. And I was like, all right, that's fine. So that's essentially cash, almost nearly like, um, you could use it in the shop to get your shopping or whatever. And it turns out it was this worse version of a one for all voucher called all gifts. And it's, it was the most convoluted process I've ever had to endure. Uh, you have to go onto the website. You can't use a, a, an all gifts voucher directly with the retailer. You have to go and find something you want on the website and then purchase vouchers for that retailer through the website. And they add on a premium to the cost of the actual voucher. So I wanted to buy an 80, a 75 pounds Amazon voucher and I had 80 euro to spend. So I had to add my own money to it, making 90 euro and then they charge me 90 euro for 75 pounds which is a ridiculous exchange rate because it's only about 83 euro for 75 pounds so basically i ended up losing money ahead fucking <laughs> to redeem this voucher jumping through I, hoops i spent some of my own money to get an amazon voucher that i don't want and i feel under pressure to spend and now you're trapped you're stuck with it exactly it'll be on the back of your mind for for months <laughs> until you spend it yeah that would be the the, the most ideal thing would be that I use it for somebody's Christmas present and maybe I, I will be able to do that but um, I just yeah I, I always I, like you said I feel boxed in yeah I think the best gifts you get from people are from people who really know you or know what you want most gifts are kind of things you don't need or things that you don't want and I think I was just imagining in my head there imagine a scenario where everybody was just giving each other money because like if you ask me, do I want a gift from somebody or money? I will take the money every time. But I know Christmas is about the, the ceremony of, of it all. But there is like sometimes you just want the money. Yeah, that's true. But then really, if it came down to that, you'd just be exchanging money with people. And then 
it's better to just not <laughs> yeah and it would be a farce because you might give them 25 euro they might give you 15 euro or something like that <laughs> then you resent them for a year and then the next year you give them 15 and then they give you 25 because they feel guilty mm. um yeah wouldn't yeah. work no uh, yeah no those are the best presents where it's a uh, thought put into it and um you uh something that you wanted and the best ones actually are something that you want that you didn't know you wanted and then you get it yeah. and you're like wow that's like I'm, I'm really impressed thoughtful presents where like you get a present you open it and you're like wow this person really knows me they've put thought into this this is so cool i love i love getting presents like that and i love giving presents like that as well when you go around and you you, f- you have in your head the perfect present for that person and you, and you find it and you yeah it I actually received some some nice birthday presents very recently from someone special who will be listening, uh, who the listener. put a lot of put a lot of thought into them, and uh, they were they were actually great to receive. Uh, I Oh yeah, so very nice, nice uh, daff of the hat to that person, <laughs> that listener, that listener, that particular listener. I want us to maybe finish up this segment, but just before we do, uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to the forty foot swim in in the. December 25th, everybody goes down, big crowds of people jumping into the 40-foot swimming area in Sandy Cove when it's absolutely freezing. Uh, Liz's family is big into this, and every year the pressure increases on me to do it um, because all the rest of the family is doing it. Uh, And I've uh, wilted a bit. I've done 40-foot at other times of the year and enjoyed it, but the thought of going in there with that cold water, I know what it would be like. I already know what it would be like because I find it freezing jumping in there in the summer. So it it would be absolutely awful. Um, But I think I would I would say that it it is better to jump in than to go and stare at people jump in because that's an even worse scenario when everyone else is getting like stripped off (laughs) and going in. You're in your full clothes standing there watching people uh, jump into the the sea. Yeah. Uh, I I did this at your stag, uh, which we did discuss probably on a previous episode. But um, me and yes. John and Richard Cody didn't get in, and you and Agnew and Brophy got in. And uh, yeah, I was standing around for ages, and I was like, "When are they going to be happy with this uh, this <laughs> swimming?" Because uh, you were you were kind of all just stationary in the sea and doing fuck all for ages, and I was just yeah. standing there going, "When is this going to be finished?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that I think you have to go for it and go into it. Obviously, you can't really swim, so... No, so yeah, I would die. So you would have died, yes. Yeah, although it might have been better than standing watching you swim. Uh, yeah. Probably. Dying, death. Dying uh, would have been bad. There probably will... Well, there probably will be that 40-foot stuff this year because I think you'll have fanatics who will throw caution to the wind and say, it's Christmas! And mm. uh, they will do that. Um but at least that gives me an excuse for this year. I'm going to use COVID as an excuse. And I think it's actually, to be honest, it's a legitimate excuse. I don't want to be going down there in crowds and people getting changed beside each other and stuff, even though it's outdoors, but there's just a big crowd of people at close proximity. It's a, to, a to bring down the mood. It's a legitimate excuse that you're delighted to be able to use, I'd imagine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And on that note, let's tie up this culture segment. Right, so that was culture and this is the kernel of truth and this is a kernel of truth that i scribbled down just before we went on air <laughs> so 
uh, not much depth to this one. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a famous, a famous Christmas song, and it has the lyrics: "It's the most wonderful time of the year." Um, it's, it's and I the think most wonderful time of the year. I think that might even be the name of the song. Maybe, perhaps. I'm not sure. Um, but my question to you. To me is is it the most wonderful time of the year? Well, this is the debate. This is the hot topic on everybody's lips. Is Christmas the most wonderful time of the year? Well, it's a strong contender. It brings a lot of cheer to people. There are gifts. There is snow. There is Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> I'm tempted to go into uh, one of those radio people who are like, and all the little boys and girls, Santa is Santa Claus is coming tonight. <laughs> Uh, okay. But I won't I won't do that. Please, uh, please don't. Uh but there there is time off. There is good food. For example, Christmas turkey. Uh there is copious amounts of alcohol. There is uh a lot of chocolate. There is cake. There are mince pies. There are people in jumpers. There are people in good form. There are people making the effort. There are people socializing with each other. There are families brought together. So those are all the pros for me of Christmas. So that would be maybe the case for Christmas being the most wonderful time of the year. Correct. Right you are. Uh, I don't know if I have a case against, but I will present you an alternative case. <laughs> okay. I, I think the most wonderful time of the year is June. Oh! <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> Devil's advocate here. It's June because it's bright. It's probably going to be sunny. You're probably going somewhere on holiday. You might have concert tickets booked. You're going to go to an outdoor gig in the in Marley Park. You've got flights booked for a couple of different destinations. Uh, the evenings are longer. Uh, work doesn't seem as stressful. You're meeting up with people. You're going for pints after work, if that's such a thing, if you're allowed to. And over the years, while when I was younger, I used to prefer the winter and the darkness and even the cold, uh, would you believe, I now, as a 35 to 49 year old, almost much prefer the summer and way prefer like the, the concept of sitting outside a pub and having a pint to being tucked away inside and having a mince pie. Um, so I think June, June is the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> wow. Because it's the start of all of that, I think. And also with June, to, to uh, argue for June, you get the, the experiences in nature. It's a good time to be out and about, like just sitting in the Phoenix Park, as you've done, for example. Yeah, exactly. And I, I find I'm more inclined to exercise. I, I'm less inclined to be a slot. Uh, and I just think in general, I'm happier, actually, would you believe, uh, in the summer than I am in the winter. And I, it used to be the exact opposite. I used to love going out at night when it was already dark and uh, all of the stuff you mentioned about Christmas and obviously the time off as well. But um, on the sly in the summer, you can really have all the time off you want. Well, as, as far as your annual leave will stretch. Um, so, yeah, I, I way prefer the middle of the year now. But uh, if you had talked to me about five years ago, I would have said um, I would have said uh, winter, summer, or winter, Christmas time. But it's interesting you ju- you jumped into uh, talking about summer and things you can do in summer in general. <clears throat> I wonder is the answer to the question what's the most wonderful time of the year? Is it how long you base your time on? Like so, if you if I say what's the most wonderful day of the year, or what's the most wonderful week of the year? Maybe that's Christmas because it's a it's a higher peak. It's a compressed peak into a few days where everyone has a great time and everybody's happy. 
all things going well whereas june it isn't like say it's like the second week of june or the third week of june <laughs> that that everyone was like oh i'm so jolly it's it's middle of, it's mid-june <laughs> but at the same time the summer you get a prolonged wonder wonder a sense of wonder yeah yeah i know fair enough june, I know. june july august june july august is the most wonderful time of the year if you're talking about months yeah. But if you're talking about a week, then I think Christmas week. Those those ninety two days are the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> it's uh, basically a quarter of the year. <laughs> <laughs> the word time is is the real crucial part here. Uh, how long is time? Uh, whatever. So um, we've solved that. The answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's um, that's Christmas done. Wrapped up like a Christmas present, if you will. Do, I will. But should we give a shout out to New Year's? Okay, give it a shout out there. Go on. Uh, New Year's Eve, a bit of a you're on a bit of a downer after Christmas because you've you have Christmas, you have twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth. That for me is peak Christmas. Mm. Then you kind of wears off a bit. Maybe you're back in work for a day or two, and then it comes to New Year's Eve. You know it's over. Down in your <laughs> deep down in your soul, you know Christmas is over. Yet you're forced to get yourself up again for for one last hurrah, and that's New Year's <laughs> Eve. Yeah, and do you know what I found recently though is that there, people have turned heel on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are proud as punch to say that they stayed in and did nothing on New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, I've noticed in our age gr- group, age bracket in particular, maybe for younger people it's different. Yeah, when we were younger, it was the time where we went away down to La Hinch or Mayo or wherever. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. were some great trips as well. Uh, that's not going to ever happen again, obviously, with people having kids and all that type of stuff. But um. Yeah, those trips to houses for a couple of nights on New Year's Eve really uh, made that an actual event rather than a, a shitty night where you felt forced into going into town. Or, but I did yeah. have several of those nights when I was younger where I felt forced into going into town to some crap, paying in 15 euro into a nightclub or something. Yeah, and uh, I've had many of those as well. Um, but I want to give another shout out to Ross Amber who had to cancel his uh, wedding due to COVID restrictions this year his wedding next year might be on uh it was due to be on new year's eve um so i think that was a really good use of new year's eve that would get everybody naturally up for it yeah definitely it would have been brilliant and and i actually was really looking forward to that uh shout out to ross recent guest on feckin football yeah the king of thing who had a a random comment on twitter there the other day that had over 500 likes (laughs) (laughs) uh very good yeah he, he brings in the likes and the downloads and he's a great guest as well. I'm going to have him back on feckin' football. Tune in to feckin' football. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> you are. And uh, feckin' metal. The whole yes. network. The whole network. The whole network is, is thriving at the moment. Thriving. Yeah. The, did we have one of the most successful weeks there this week, was it? Yeah, I think we we did. And we're on course to have our most successful month since back in the early days of uh, Two-Face Fake Snakes. Of course, we're producing far more content now than we used to. But at the same time, I take solace in the fact that people are actually listening to it still. So you can you can obviously uh, produce too much content, and that gives people content fatigue. Um, but people seem to be listening to and enjoying and interacting with uh, the the different podcasts. So it's yeah. all it's all good. All three are in very good shape at the moment, and I guess Fekin check in as you you've said before is the mothership it's our bread and butter. It's the one that we're relaxed about, and it's the most fun for me. Um, here. But the other two, it gives you a bit of space. It gives us each separately a bit of space to be creative and try out different things. And so that, I'm really enjoying that process as well. Yeah, me too. It's all going well. And in fact, after I finish this, I'm going to 
wrap up uh, an episode I've already done, and I'm going to record a new episode as well for Feckin' Metal. So it's all go. Excellent. Looking forward to those. So everything is wrapped up into a nice little Christmas package. Indeed. I don't quite know how to finish this. I think it's done, though, is it? I think it's done. I think we're right. gone. Like we're a Christmas turkey. Christmas turkey. Will we play out on a Christmas song? Yeah. Can we play Merry Xmas Everybody by Slade? We already did. Midway through the show. <laughs> Shite. Okay, you pick something. All right. Uh, well, we started the show with Mariah Carey. Why don't we end the show with Mariah Carey? This is... Her famous song, which I can't remember the name of. You know the one. Uh, All I want for Christmas is you. Yes, yes. Here she goes.